that Joe's been pushing electric cars the whole time he's been in office, telling us going green's the way to not really have to worry about high gas prices. And Joe has some electric vehicles in mind for you, like the GMC Hummer electric pickup truck. One of these babies will set you back at least 87 G's. But hey, that's about the same the price as a, right? one of those new Ford Joe Broncos, though. One of the puppies out for a spin last year, remember? I hope that's not Joe behind the wheel. Jump on the back. On the roof. Look, Joe's driving one of these new Hummers at an airport, it looks like. And the press is all gathered around. You know what it's not fast at? Fully charging. The new GMC Hummer EV truck is the quickest charging vehicle on the market right now. But what if you're not at a fast charger and just at home? How fast does it charge? It looks just like one of the new Broncos. 120 volt using the Hummer cable. Right now it's about 6 p.m. on Tuesday. And it says it'll be full by Saturday at 10.55, which is four plus days of charging. Wow. <laughs> but if you don't want to wait so, four days. Hopefully it's not your daily driver. Your truck, you can also buy special equipment. A 240 volt level two charger that's going to set you back about a... 500 bucks plus around a thousand just to install it. But even then, the charging's not so fast. I have a juice box level two charger, 240 volts at my garage. Now it says it will be done tomorrow by 630. So about 24 hours of charging from 4% to 100%. <laughs> Dad, can we go somewhere? I'm sorry. Give me 24 hours. <laughs> But if you don't want to wait that long, you can charge it at a faster level with the level three supercharger. Yeah, but the see, our infrastructure just isn't it isn't that good right now. And it isn't that good because of, you know, what I discussed yesterday in my what I'm fondly referring to as my brain dead episode. We gotta really commit. You know, take that $40 billion that we sent to Ukraine and invest it in some electric vehicle infrastructure. I mean, if we're serious about doing this, can we just do it? ...used in homes because it's $35,000. So aside from charging about as fast as a turtle, there's other things Joe didn't seem to think about in his Hummer fantasy. What would happen if a family had one of these electric cars in Florida? when the power went out because of the hurricane and you have to flee. It's not like you could stock up on gas. Well, and a, the, the batteries are really volatile. These batteries, solar and wind, require massive amounts of energy. Like nearly 2,000% more nickel than fossil fuels used for the same amount of energy. More lithium, graphite, steel. That's just going to increase our reliance on China. Yeah, it's unrealistic. All these it's unrealistic to think that we can just make this this flip over to electric vehicles. I mean, the the demands from the environment is crazy off the charts. You know, like what did he say? Two thousand percent more nickel or whatever it was, and then five times more cop uh, more copper and all of the lithium and cobalt and it all has to be mined out of the ground it's going to be tremendous operations all of the fossil fuels that we're using right now in our fossil fuel vehicles are going to turn into 
they're, they're going to be used in all of the equipment that's needed to dig all of the minerals out of the ground to make these batteries. We need a better way. And I think, I mean, the, we need to come up with a way. See, see, this is the thing. And, and this is, it kind of harkens back to what I was talking about a few episodes ago with trying to do something new. And I felt the same way when I was writing songs for my rock bands that saw mediocre success. You got to be different. But you can't be so different that people that 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 you're unrecognizable. Why are we tr- we're trying we're trying to make this dramatic change in in our energy consumption? No more fossil fuels, right? No more oil. So why not take all of this oil infrastructure and convert it to electric infrastructure? I've had this idea banging around in my head. I'm not, I'm not a professional. I'm not a scientist. So I don't know how realistic this would be. But for example, why don't we take all of those, all the oil rigs out in the middle of the ocean and put some, put some wind turbines on them. And on, on top of that, maybe drop some of those, uh, those electric generating buoys that they have. Have you seen those? They sit in the ocean and there's turbines on the bottom. And with the ocean current, the rising and falling of the swells in the ocean, it generates electricity. Yeah, it exists. Put some of those down there too. And then cover the whole thing in solar panels. Do we complain about how much, you know, on, on the conservative right, and I, I don't know how much of this is genuine and how much of it is just resisting the change. Because you got to know there's a healthy helping of just resistance to change coming from everybody. When it comes to talking about changing everything over to electric vehicles. And the complaint is we have to use up all of this land. It takes so much land for these solar farms, these wind farms. People live close to the wind turbines and it it bothers them because of the frequency and the noise generated by the turbine going around and around and around. It sounds awful. So why not use up the vast space of the oceans? Yeah, there's challenges associated with doing it that way. Oh, it might be a little bit hard. It might take some time to develop. Okay, well, are we going to do this or are we going to make excuses for why we can't do this? I'm excited to not have to pay for gas anymore. It's just not realistic. That's why people roll their eyes. I mean, it's one of the the many reasons these people roll their eyes at the Biden administration. And just this this globalist push for green renewal. I was like, okay, well, commit to it. Let's make it happen. Like we, how long have we been trying to do, how long have we wanted to do this? 
and we're still just, you know, whatever. Hey, the cars look futuristic, but under the hood, it's, uh, you know, 130-year-old technology. Oh, neato. Forgive my lack of excitement. And the price of gas is climbing again. Rut row might hurt the Democrats in the midterms. And I mean, that's a big reason why it doesn't happen. I don't need to get back up on that soapbox. But when the people signing your checks are oil moguls, you don't really want to upset them, right? It sounds like we also need some high quality batteries, higher quality batteries, better quality batteries. And in some of my studies, I've learned about these things called solid state batteries. Pretty cool, pretty exciting technology. Here's this article from uh, dragonflyenergy.com. Enabling reliable, long-lasting energy storage for off-grid applications, lithium-ion battery technology has truly changed our world. Even with these advancements, however, there is potential to improve the lithium-ion battery. One advancement that could once again change the way we store energy is the development of the solid-state battery. Before we learn what a solid-state battery is, we need to understand... (laughs) This sounds like an excerpt from a textbook. No, we we need to get into the history of batteries before we can tell you about the future of batteries. So let's just uh, grin and bear it. Lithium-ion ba- <laughs> lithium batteries work by letting ionic lithium cross the electrolyte barrier between the battery's anode and cathode, the positive and negative ends. This electrolyte is a liquid in standard lithium-ion batteries. A solid-state battery uses a, wait for it, solid electrolyte to regulate the lithium ions instead of a liquid one. The main difference between a lithium ion battery and a solid state battery lies within the electrolyte. While lithium ion batteries and most other batteries use a liquid electrolyte, solid state batteries use a solid electrolyte, as we learned. Every battery has two electrodes, an anode, negative side, and a cathode, positive side. These two electrodes are made of an electrically conductive material, copper usually. Between these two electrodes and within them is an electrolyte containing electrically charged particles. The electrolyte allows lithium ions to travel through it to combine with the anode or cathode. And this chemical reaction permits the flow of electrical charge between the cathode and anode, allowing a battery to generate an electric current to power your device. So when any device is connected to a battery, let's say a light bulb, for example, a chemical reaction occurs between the anode, cathode, and electrolyte, creating a flow of electrical energy to power the light bulb. A lithium-ion battery uses a liquid electrolyte to regulate the flow of current, and a solid-state battery uses a solid electrolyte. And this is the difference that will matter. There are multiple benefits to solid-state battery technology. In short, the solid electrolyte used in a solid-state battery provides higher energy density, 
longer lifespan, and increased safety in a smaller size. Energy density measures the amount of energy a battery contains proportional to its weight. Solid-state batteries are said to be capable of delivering two and a half times more energy density of current lithium-ion tech. This tremendous increase in solid-state batteries' energy density means that they will be far smaller and lighter. Or the same size, I'm editorializing here, or the same size with a lot more power and a lot more longevity. Higher energy density means that batteries could be lighter and store the same amount of energy. Weight is a critical concern for more mobile power applications, so this could be a game changer. Cars, trucks, RVs, boats, and airplanes all could benefit from being lighter. And yes, that's the other part, too. If it's lighter, then it doesn't require as much energy to move it down the road. Electric vehicles also have much to gain from this technology as they could get much more range with less weight and space in battery storage. Solid-state batteries can work. Do I keep saying stolid? Stolid. Stolid state. You know what? Let's just drop the state and just call it stolid. That sounds too much like stalling. Moving on. Solid-state batteries can work at very high rates of power. Research suggests that they may be able to recharge four to six times faster than current technologies safely. Liquid electrolytes found in lithium-ion batteries are extremely volatile and highly flammable. These electrolytes also mustn't be exposed to air. Solid-state batteries contain no liquid parts and will not have this volatile component. So while lithium-ion batteries are subject to events like thermal runaway, leading to explosion and fire, the solid electrolytes used in solid-state batteries are non-flammable and thus present a lower risk of igniting a fire. While the battery may get hot, there is nothing flammable within it that will catch fire. Additionally, these batteries will require fewer safety systems than lithium-ion batteries do. Eliminating additional electronics can contribute to smaller, lighter weight battery packages, which further enhances solid-state batteries' energy density. These batteries may not even require an external BMS in certain situations, greatly simplifying its construction. I don't know what a BMS is. Let's find out. Ah, battery management system. I could have guessed but that doesn't help me or you. Working with a volatile liquid that cannot be exposed to air is a huge challenge that could be completely eliminated with solid-state battery technology. A solid electrolyte could enable much faster production that uses less material and energy. Research is being done around the world with new publications and papers coming out regularly on advancements with so much to gain from solid-state technology there is significant interest in it from many research firms and companies. So why haven't we, inv I mean, I'm sure people have invested heavily in solid state batteries. And there's actually a lot more information out now here, what, what probably three years since I did my last bit of 
research into the topic. But we need to make all of these charging systems universal. You shouldn't have to find a Tesla charger if you drive a Tesla. Or a Rivian charger if you drive one of those Rivian electric trucks. In fact, if I was in charge, you wouldn't be looking for a charger at all. Because the most common sense, for I mean, in my opinion, for the consumer, I, I would think this is the most common sense from the consumer standpoint. We need to take, I mean, what are we going to do with all those gas stations? Are we going to upset that entire industry too? I mean, not just gas stations, but the convenience stores where you pop in to buy your smokes and your Red Bull. Red Bull, not a sponsor. (laughs) So why not invent some infrastructure that allows you to pull into these filling stations and just swap your batteries out? Slide the batteries out, slide the new batteries in, make it not take any longer than it would take to fill up your gas tank. Why not? Why are we not thinking along these lines? Have batteries constantly charging. They should do the same thing with cell phones. Pop into that convenience store, pop out your dead iPhone battery and get a new one. Right there for a marginal fee. Or charge it yourself if you want to. But let's have the option, right? Let's make smart decisions for consumers. Because they're the ones, right? You're not, I mean, Elon Musk isn't making Teslas for Elon. He's making Teslas for you. And he's making them for me too, but I can't afford it. Don't tell him. And it looks like he's buying Twitter, by the way. I mean, this is really, uh, you know, the internet is a buzz. Because it looks like he's biting the bullet and he's going to pay the agreed upon price. Despite all the fuss about the bots. Things are already slightly changing. It seems. I mean, this was the same deal. You know, if, if you're on Twitter a lot like I am. Give me a follow, by the way, at Earthbox. I I can tell. I can tell when I'm being shadow banned. I can tell when others are being shadow banned. And it seemed like when when the news was coming down, you know, months ago, back in the summer, that it looked like Elon was going to be buying Tesla. I noticed, I mean, maybe it's just psychosomatic, but it seems like things relaxed a little bit. There wasn't so much suppression. And the content in my feed skyrocketed. It was great. Because I like to set, you know, whether I'm on Reddit or I'm on Twitter, I like to see the newest thing that's being posted. So I jump on, I scroll for a few minutes, I post, I comment, then I refresh again. It's kind of a disaster if I do that on Reddit because you see everything. 
And boy, are there some uh, dumb people posting on Reddit all the time. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. But yes, the trading has stopped on Twitter. You can't buy, buy shares anymore. And uh, it looks like Elon is going to be paying you out 54 bucks and 20 cents per share. Which is about $4 over what it was last trading at. So he didn't get shafted as hard as he would have if he did it back in the summertime when the stock was at like 20 bucks. So thanks all for listening. Follow me on social media. Send me an email. You know the address. I'll be back. Goodbye.